Welcome back, everybody, to the Laces Out Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, this is Mike Falcon filling in for Nate today, who uh, unfortunately couldn't be with us, so uh, it's going to be a foursome today. Pussy! Yep, yep, Nate's a pussy. Uh, so I'm here with my four, three degenerate friends. Uh, to my left is... This is Tyler Pinkford. Corey Ginsberg. And I'm Bobby Vito. And we are going to be talking about the AFC West today. We're going to be talking about... Uh, the teams we like to uh, win the division, if we think a team could win the wild card, worst team in the division, and uh, some fantasy standouts today. Um, so we're going to start with the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, Corey, what do you like about the Kansas City Chiefs this year? Oh, what's not to like about the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, they have a prolific quarterback that we saw light the NFL on fire last year. Uh, the highest scoring offense by far. We have no idea what's about to happen with Tyreek Hill. It is very possible that that man serves no suspension whatsoever, which is going to make a lot of early Tyreek Hill drafters and dynasty players super happy that they will be without time if that's what happens. And in any case, if he does get suspended, it's looking to be about four games. And in which case, I think within those four games that the Chiefs, those are all winnable games for that team. So they are going to be in a very prime spot to run away with that division very early on and conquer. Who are the uh, Chiefs playing in the first four games? The first four, let's take a look really quick off the top of my head while I pull this up if anyone wants to chime in on something. Well, I'll tell you what's not to like about the Chiefs this year. Even though I still think that they're going to win their division, um, and we'll get to why uh, later, uh, I'm really upset uh, their defense. Um, it's the reason they you know, I don't think can make it all the way through the postseason to the Super Bowl. And they just lost future Pro Bowler, or not future, future Hall of Famer, maybe, um, but Pro Bowler Eric Berry um, to free agent. He's unsigned right now, so who knows where he's going to go. Um, if they can get him back, unlikely, that would be amazing, but it's really upsetting to see him go. I, I would definitely agree with that. So kind of looking at the Chiefs last year, um, they had the 24th ranked defense in points allowed. Um, it just doesn't look very pretty. They had the second most passing yards allowed, the 11th most passing touchdowns allowed, fourth most rushing touchdowns allowed. They were just like so porous on defense. And, you know, I, I understand that um, Patrick Mahomes is like a pretty prolific guy, but like, dude, does, does anybody at this table really think he's going to throw for 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards again this year? I mean, that's, that's pretty fucking crazy. Like, I mean, even if he does a like, if he does a 1,000 yards less, he's still throwing for over 4,000 yards. And let's say he gets 30, 30 to 40 touchdowns to cut back on that. It's still insane numbers, and that's something he could easily do. Well, sure, but okay, so they went 12-4 and four last year, right? Yes. If he throws for 10 less touchdowns and 1,000 less yards, how many of those 12 games do they not win at that point? Well, Because okay. at this point, like... It, the all of the pressures on the offense. It's like Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and whoever they end up starting at running back, and like it's all on their shoulders. If they don't do it or they fuck up or whatever, like this team is like going to nosedive. It's possible, but if they can keep on that scoring padding that they relied on last year, which I absolutely believe that they can, they will have a similar record and ease themselves into the playoffs whether or not they're a Super Bowl team that remains to be seen I think out of the entire AFC that the two teams that I like for the Super Bowl are in this division 
Kansas City is one of them. But uh, answering your question from before, their first four games, these are how winnable these games are. There's only one that I'm worried about. They're playing the Jaguars week one. Okay, uh, yeah. The Raiders week two. Yeah, definitely winnable. <laughs> uh, the Ravens week three. That's their right. toughest game so far. Okay. And then they play the at Lions. Home or away for the Ravens. That is going to be at home. Ooh, right. at Arrowhead? Yeah, it's winnable. Yeah, I think, I think that's possibly winnable. I mean... Like I said, Corey, like, I think they're going to be a great offense. I think they're going to be a good team this year. But, you know, if they only win t- 10 games this season, the Chargers could very easily win 12 and then just win the division. We'll get to the Chargers here in a little bit. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, like, and, and, and say Tyreek Hill doesn't play. Who do you think is going to benefit from all of those extra targets? Well, a lot of people are throwing out Sammy Watkins, who has put up, you know, fantastic wide receiver one numbers in the past his only problem has been staying on the field uh which has been my main concern with sammy Watkins, especially in the absence of tyree kill since his adp has jumped um the next we don't know what we're getting out of mccall hardman yet we'll be seeing that as training camp starts in the next few weeks as well as preseason but that's someone whose numbers are very similar to that of tyree kill and someone that could potentially step up and run away with that production. You know, I'm not quite sure I agree with you on that. You know, I, I did this post on Instagram recently about rookie wide receivers, and typically there's only about one rookie wide receiver each year who makes a fantasy impact. And I I just don't really necessarily see it being Michael Hardman with his college production. I mean, I understand that he's like on this Andy Reid offense, and if Tyreek Hill misses time, he's kind of slotted into this good position. But I, I, I really expect if Tyreek Hill's gone, for them to just, you know, funnel things through Travis Kelsey. I mean, what was it, like two years ago? They had like like a cup like ten plus games without targeting a wide like without a wide receiver touchdown. Oh, there was yeah. that, that crazy. Was a, that was a long. Time. That was a, that was a, yeah. That was Alex Jamal Smith Charles day. was still there, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Jamal Charles was still there. That was like Alex Smith's like first season in Kansas City. So it's a very different <laughs> offense. <laughs> it is a different offense, but I mean, they could really put the focus on Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins is still you know a decent receiver. I mean, you know, obviously he has to be healthy and stuff like that, but. Another deep sleeper wide receiver for Kansas City behind Sammy Watkins um, is Byron Pringle. Um, Pringle? The guy. Yeah, Pringle. Easy to remember. Um, he's been uh, making some noise in training camp. Um, I've been following, I mean, I've owned Tyreek Kill in Dynasty, so I've been kind of paying a lot close attention to the receivers. Sure. And, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins is definitely, you know, the next man up there. But um, Byron Pringle actually looks like he might be contributing on this offense. Um, definitely someone to keep in mind, especially if Tyreek Hill gets suspension. I would pick him up before the season starts. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I feel like in the case of a Tyreek Hill suspension, probably Nicole Hardman would fill in there. I mean, they use the second round pick on him, right? Yeah. They obviously like him, and it, you know he profiles so much like a Tyreek Hill style receiver. I just don't necessarily think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be targeting Hardman, Hardman in a way that is going to necessarily make him a fantasy-relevant player in the duration of time that Tyreek Hill's out. Sure. Um, you know, I would much rather, you know, take other wide receivers in that range rather than bet on that. Um, 
you know, but anything could happen. They had the third most passing yards and the number one number of touching or touch passing touchdowns in the league next year. Fuck me, God. <laughs> um, so I mean, even even with a thousand yard reduction, a ten, you know, there is going to be some regression for Patrick Mahomes unless he is just literally the second coming of Christ. But could I, be. I, 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 his numbers are insane, and he's just getting started. I think it's like everyone's, you know, like the statistical regression is coming, but maybe, you know, Patrick Mahomes is this new type of player that is going to take the league by storm, and this is just the beginning. Until so. Kyler Murray. Yeah, until yeah. Kyler Murray. <laughs> uh, so, what do you guys think about the uh, the Chiefs' run game this year, Tyler? <laughs> I haven't heard much of you. Um, I mean, their run game is going to be good, like no matter what. It's Andy Reid. Uh, his running, his rushing offenses are always good. Um, I don't know about like fantasy wise. Like I don't like Damian Williams, but I also am not crazy about Carlos Hyde. I don't think either one of them is really gonna take over the backfield too much. Andy Reid likes to use one running back historically, like that's a thing. But he also has not been afraid to use two, um, like Spencer Ware and Chuck Anderquist mm-hmm. comes to mind. Yeah, I remember that uh, when Jamal Charles was injured, and then right after he left. So. I, there's a lot of uncertainty, and then you see the second round ADP on Damian Williams. Just like, no, thank you. I'm not even sure where Carlos Hyde is going nowadays. But either, either way, it's just Carlos Hyde has to be I, really late for me to be interested in the upside there. The, I. What do you think about the uh, third on the depth chart, Darwin Thompson, the rookie they drafted? I just don't know that much about him, and like rookies, I don't like to even really start to form an opinion. Like somebody like that, like the big name first round rookies. Like, sure, you can start to form an opinion a little early, somebody like Josh Jacobs, but somebody like a, a late-round rookie, I want to see in training camp and preseason before I start to make a real opinion on them. You know? <laughs> I, I think that's a big thing. I think a, a guy like Darwin Thompson, who was drafted in the sixth round, I think we need to see that he has the trust of the coaching staff yeah. and <laughs> that they would prefer him over guys like Damian Williams. Um or Carlos Hyde, who are both experienced backs who have done something in the league before. Like like you, Tyler, I don't necessarily have a lot of faith in Damian Williams. I was looking at his stats compared to Spencer Ware's stats last year, who he won the job over mm-hmm. and who they shipped off. And they both had... A, Spencer Ware had 51 attempts, Damian Williams had 50 attempts. They pretty much did the same thing. Damian Williams had two more touchdowns, though. It's just... You know, they both had a 13% of the total rushing share at the end of the year. Mm. It just, it's just not particularly impressive to me. You know, it's nobody's looking to go draft Spencer Ware this year. Nobody's thinking he's going to take over the job for Marlon Mack in Indianapolis. And, nice. you know, <laughs> a, a couple years ago, nobody was like, oh, I better get Damian Williams. He's going to take over the job in Miami, right? I think a lot of people are putting a lot of stock in Andy Reid being a good coach, which he is. But, you know... They were 23rd in the league last year in rushing attempts. You know, maybe they lean a little bit more on Mahomes. And maybe that's actually an argument for why he could put up similar yards and touchdowns this year, is maybe they lean a little bit harder on him to compensate for necessarily not having an all-star back. That would be insane if they did lead on him more. And I'm surprised to hear that they were 23rd in rushing attempts. That's, like, not really Andy Reid's style. But I don't think you can lean on Patrick Mahomes anymore and like keep winning football. Games. <laughs> right him in the ground. Right <laughs> him in the ground. I don't think that's possible. Uh, I think they're definitely gonna run the ball more and like maybe 
having this committee will you know lend itself towards that having like multiple backs that you can rotate in and out and you run the ball a little more and keep them fresh that might actually be a thing it's not good for Carlos Hyde or Daniel Williams or Patrick Mahomes value but it might be good yeah. for the Chiefs as a football team so yeah it doesn't sound like it necessarily be good for us in fantasy then mm-hmm. so where would you take Damian Williams if he was falling in a draft where is what's the earliest that you would draft him Oof. Say say you take two wide receivers in the first two rounds. What do you? Or actually, actually, right now, He's actually, actually, that makes part. it that makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, say done. say say you have an all star running back. Say you have like the first pick. You know, when you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara. If right? I had the first pick or like an early pick, I yeah. would take him late fourth round. Late fourth. Okay, that's exactly where I was thinking. Yeah. That's yep. what you're thinking. Wait, how do you? If you have a first pick, take him in the late fourth. Well, he's he's saying that if Damian Williams was dropping, right, and yeah. assuming he had a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, you know, he had that like lead running back okay. who is just like a lock. Yeah, no, forget. I understand now. I understand. Now. I'm just checking out his ADP because I'm just like I don't know. His he ADP is mid second round right now. Yeah. The question was like, where would he have to fall to for you to take it? Oh, yeah, okay. it's okay. a little too rich for my blood too. I, I, I mean, I think second is too rich. I think like I guess fourth that makes sense for you. Um. I would still take him in the late third. You know, if I had a first round, I guess, you know, early fourth. But, or, uh... If you have a late first round, it'd be, like, late third, early fourth. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I, I do but think you're right about, I don't like, them they're... needing to run more than they did last year because I think they're going to want to keep their defense off the field. This defense is looking pretty rough. I mean, they drafted a lot of defensive players this year. They drafted a safety, a defensive tackle, a corner... Um, oh, man, they got the they honey also, badger. Okay. So they got the honey badger too. Uh, everybody's favorite badger. I forgot who that. I was like, there's there was a reason they weren't bringing back Eric Berry for sure, and I couldn't remember yeah. who it was. But that's Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew. I think he's going to bring a lot of leadership to this defense that clearly doesn't know what the hell they're doing. That was evident <laughs> at the end of last season. Um, well, Tyron Matthew and leadership. I don't know about that. Uh, Everywhere <laughs> you. Everything you hear about him from anyone you like that's ever worked with him says he's like a leader on the field. Oh, I know he I, burned right. us as a Cardinals fan. All right, I feel it. He didn't, but he, he didn't still burn you. he was just injured. They got rid of him too early. It was foolish. And he wanted a little more money than we wanted to give him. Yeah, he did want more. He, he did signed want a lot for money. less a with really Houston. He signed for less with Houston than the Cardinals offered him. So that's why Corey, I think, is upset. Yeah, uh, sure. But he's still a great a team leader. What? That makes sense since it was like a year later. He yeah. One year in Houston, right? Yeah, it was just yeah. a one-year prove-it deal, and now he's got, I think, it's like he a didn't. two or three. So he's got a much better business. He didn't quite prove it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do think he's going to be a good addition to a defense that like really, really, oh, yeah. really yeah. needs secondary help. Um, so to kind of wrap up the Chiefs, um, let's go around and say, what what do you think their final record is going to be, and then what do you think they're going to finish in the division? So, Tyler. 11-5, second in the division. I'm going back to uh, twelve and four, number one. I agree, twelve and four, one. I'm thinking ten and six, second in the division. All right, so now we're going to move on to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, we should keep track of these projections for sure. Well, like, we can listen and, like, back bet on them. Like, <laughs> no, no, yeah, we'll come back to it, and we but we need to write them down, and yeah, it needs to be some sort of bet. Whoever was the furthest off of just course. gets to like slap. Well, we have your new hot sauce too. Oh, we do have new hot sauce. So now we have a uh, hot sauce uh, by Grinders. Uh, this is called, not a plug, by the way. This is not a plug. Uh, we do not get yeah. money from Grinders. Uh, Grinders, <laughs> if you want to send us money, we will gladly take it. Uh, it's called Death Nectar, uh, and it's got over three hundred thousand Scoville units. And Corey can attest uh, it's hot. that it is 
H-O-T hot. Uh, so, so back to what we were actually talking about. Uh, the Oakland Raiders, uh, everybody's uh, waiting for the next season of Hard Knocks with bated breath because it's going to be fucking meme task. Antonio Brown! Dear fucking lord. Uh, After the first week of preseason, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like a month from now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a whole off. month of wishing John Gruden used more chapstick because he just looks like a dry... Like, did you notice that last season? He always looked like he's like... I know this is an uh, an audible medium and you can't see my face, but he just like had this scowl. Yeah, he just had this like weird scowl, and he looked like his like lips were like all dry and cracked, and he looked super red. I thought he's always looked at you like watched him back when he coached like the Raiders in Tampa Bay. See, I never really watched that. I'm just used to like happy go lucky booth group. But yeah. Every time they panned over the side of it, I'm like, oh, fucking Chuck's like, pissed. Yeah, there's a media John Gruden and a coach John Gruden. They're not that different, but <laughs> one's angrier for sure. Definitely. So, Corey, how are you feeling about the Oakland Raiders this year? What are you thinking? I'm very interested in the Oakland Raiders. Uh, they went from being a team I was not excited to see, and then they went out and they got Antonio Brown. They drafted uh, Josh Jacobs, uh, hopefully getting a workhorse back in that. Uh, I don't know how much of a how much of an improvement they're going to have over last year. It remains to be seen. I still kind of think that Derek Carr is a garbage quarterback, but Antonio Brown, I feel, is that good of a player that he can transcend Derek Carr, uh, and some crazy things might happen. Um, But again, this is a team that I feel is going to finish probably either dead last in the division or second to last. Uh, not much an improvement from what they did from last year. However, with that said, uh, they do have the easiest schedule in the league, according to uh, NFL.com strength of schedule predictor. Um, so who knows? Uh, this is going to be an interesting team to watch. Uh, they could make a big play, but in that division, I don't think so. I don't understand. Did you get that? Derek Carr is a trash quarterback. I hear this a lot, but I'm, I, he's a good quarterback. <laughs> like, uh, okay. He completed, okay. Almost, he completed okay. almost seventy percent of his passes last season and threw nineteen touchdowns, like almost two to one two TD interceptions. Okay. If you throw it to Jalen Richard, like every other play, you're gonna complete he seventy. For, he threw for four thousand yards. <laughs> He it's threw- not like he was checking down all season, like, and he was one of the best deep passers in the league too. I, I. I and this is like when you guys used to shit on Alex Smith for no reason, and he was always <laughs> a, a solid, like, good quarterback. And then I was like, no, you don't understand. King. Alex Smith is a really good quarterback, and you guys laughed at me. And then he finished that year number one in passer. Like, sure. the, like you're being crazy. Are you Fine. calling that for Derek I need Carr? To, I need to no. make a quick correction. He has Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. It could, it could be. And Josh Jacobs. Oh, it sounds like somebody's not willing to put <laughs> his spicy money take. where his dick is. I need to make a quick correction because I didn't misspeak. I read this <laughs> list wrong. They actually have the hardest schedule uh, <laughs> this season. For quarterback? Of, uh, just in general. Oh. Uh, their opponent's yeah. winning percentage they have to play was against well the over NFC 500. North yeah. This year. Oh. And they have to play against the Chargers and the Chiefs. Twice. Yes. <laughs> so I'm not expecting a lot of big things from Oakland Raiders, and I will stand by the fact that Derek Carr's trash quarterback. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to jump up real quick on them having the hardest schedule. I think that they're still they're very aware of this. Um, you hear Gruden talking about Mahomes, and he's just kind of in awe. You know, he's like really pissed off that he doesn't have him on his team. <laughs> um, I think that he knows full well that it might be time to be in rebuild mode for one more year. Um, so even though they signed the you know, lots of weapons to the offense. I think that uh, 
Yeah, I, they're going to regress maybe from their last year's total. It's wow. just going to be bad. It's, I mean, for it's one gonna more be, season. It's going to be Las really, Vegas is going to be insane. <laughs> it's going to be really hard to regress from a four twelve zero record. I mean, but like last year they had the thirty second ranked defense, yeah. so the last in the league, and then their offense was ranked twenty eighth in points scored. So like pretty abysmal, and yeah, so. They brought in a bunch of defensive players in the offseason, so like Jonathan Hankins, uh, LaMarcus Joyner, um, and, you know, some offensive weapons. Uh, you guys talked about Antonio Brown, but they also brought in Tyrell Williams, who should help a lot, and definitely fucking better than Seth Roberts. Eat a dick, Seth Roberts. Uh, <laughs> and J.J. Nelson. Uh, Woo, yeah, Woo, Cardinals, yeah. Um, what? Yeah, fuck the Cardinals. Um, fuck you. <laughs> You know, and obviously uh, Josh Jacobs is a high draft pick, and that should like help them. But like their O line is real bad. I mean, they added uh, offensive tackle Trent Brown, but they had probably the one of the worst O lines in the league last year, and maybe that's one of the reasons for the perception that Carr is a terrible quarterback <laughs> because he's getting pressured probably on almost every play. Um, you know, and but but that, that that that's actually one reason I'm a little bit skeptical about all the Josh Jacobs love in redraft leagues is they have one of the worst O lines in the league. They didn't really do much to um, fix that this year. I think Josh Jacobs is going to get the lion share of the carries um, because you know just looking at last year, Doug Martin had 44 percent of the uh, rushing attempts. So John Gruden. You know, seems like the kind of guy who is going to pick somebody and stick with them. Um, you know, I'm not sure how many uh, balls he's going to catch. Uh, Jalen Richard was the third most targeted uh, receiver, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> on the team last year with 81 targets. So it seems like he's kind of locked in that role. He's going to be coming back next year. So I don't know exactly what Josh Jacobs' upside is going to be, especially, you know, you have a running back and you have a team that's probably not going to be in scoring position a lot being um you know having this really bad strength of schedule not having this great offense having an o-line you know that is very porous so you know that to me that's my argument against josh jacobs but there could be a lot of good garbage time points to be had especially um you know antonio brown is being drafted kind of where he should be drafted in like the second round but you know tyrell williams might be a guy that people are sleeping on because they're going to need to catch up and they're going to need to fucking sling the ball at the end of these games, and Tyrell Williams is that deep threat who we've seen put up thousand a thousand yards before in um, San Diego back then, LA now. <clears throat> yeah, I think Antonio Brown's kind of underrated um, for being you know a guy that was going like almost first overall for the past two or three years. We had ben Roethlisberger throwing him the ball. Yeah, that's true. He's taking a very major step and a very good. That is line. true, but. Yes, that that is all very true, but I still think that he is one of the greatest receivers to ever play the game. Um, And if you look at a lot of receivers, uh, a lot of the great receivers who have transferred teams, um, you know, like Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, just like these older, huge-name guys, they still find success. Randy Moss had Tom Brady throwing him the ball. What are you saying? Yeah, I'm just saying, like, (laughs) I think that Derek Carr, and this is like a younger Tom Brady, I think that Derek Carr can still put up the ball in a general direction of Antonio Brown, and he can catch it. Like, he is so good. I'm, this isn't saying... I'm not, like... I understand that the quarterbacks aren't that great, but Derek Carr is still decent. He's a starting 
uh, caliber quarterback. And the only reason his stats look so bad is because he has all this pressure. If he was not getting pressured, he wouldn't have to check but down his But he's still going to be pressured. It, it, one of their main grabs, which was Richie Incognito, who is a good offensive lineman player, is now suspended. And who did they replace him with? Another Cardinal, who we all loathe, Mr. Jonathan Cooper, who has never played an entire season, his entire career. In fact, has played probably less than half of a season his entire career and has been a train wreck. And so, cool, good replacement, Oakland. He's going to be injured in two games. Go to your third stringer. That offensive line is going to be awful, which means Derek Carr is going to be under duress. He's, mm, I don't like it. I don't like it. So you're saying that you think Antonio Brown's a little underrated. So he's going Mm -hmm. kind of mid-second round, I would say, like in the 12-man league. Where do you think he should be going? Where do you think he's going to finish? Do you think he's going to be a top 12 fantasy producer by the end of the year? Uh, No. I would say he should go towards... I think he's falling... Him falling into the mid-second round is crazy. He should be going towards the end of the second. I could see him just being on the bubble. You mean the the top 12? You mean the beginning of the second round? The beginning of the second, yeah. So, like, I would love to... uh, to grab him as the, you know, if I'm on the snake end of the draft, yeah. to grab him as my first receiver. My my only issue with that is, you know, last year, Oakland having all these line problems. Um, Derek Carr uh, targeted Jerry Cook more than anybody on their team last year. And then the third most targeted player was their passing running back, Jalen Richard. Jordy Nelson was actually their second most targeted player, which is fucking bananas. Uh, but, you know... It just, it seems like Derek Carr, a lot of times... Are you throwing shade on Jordy Nelson? Or are you saying that... <laughs> no, 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 no. I, okay. First. I like Jordy Nelson as a player. Jordy Nelson last year was not... He wasn't okay. startable. Yeah, he was yeah, not... No, he, was not he was not superstar Jordy Nelson of old. He was old, you know... Well, I think Jordy Nelson is... Uh, like, I feel like people are expecting that to happen, what happened to Jordy Nelson. And I feel like... And well, I'm going to throw some shade at Jordy Nelson. Antonio Brown's not <laughs> a dinosaur. Jordy Nelson is. Yeah, exactly. What I'm saying is Antonio Brown is so much better than Jordy Nelson. His, like, potential and his talent is... He's going to do so much better than Jordy Nelson. Well, obviously did on the Raiders. That well, I think that everyone's kind of, you know, comparing it. I feel like you can say with 100% certainty that the tight end is not going to lead the Raiders in targets again this year. Well, and that's yeah, true because Jerry Cook different. isn't with the team anymore. He's with the Saints now. It would be true even if he was still Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... I Tyrell know. Williams I mean, and Antonio Brown are going to stretch that field. Whether or not Derek Carr will be standing upright by the time they get to their <laughs> positions, who knows. But that's what I'm saying, there. is that this guy is going to get hit so many times that there's even a good likelihood that he gets injured. And who do you have throwing the ball then? Mike Lennon? Awesome. Mike Lennon, their backup? Start throwing around <laughs> I'm just saying, it's a predictability. <laughs> like, like, I'm not drafting Antonio Brown because Derek Carr... I'm not Derek saying Brown don't draft him. Antonio Brown. You <laughs> draft him. Antonio Brown. But, like, it's just, it's one of those things that I'm not happy about it. Speaking of Antonio's ADP, how bonkers is it that you might be able to walk into week one this season starting Todd Gurley and Antonio Brown? <laughs> <laughs> you could like, that's maybe get Tyreek Hill such a real on the third there, too. Yeah, yeah, like, you could get Tyreek Hill. You could start this, you could start week one. Actually, and that's possibly with you reaching for Todd Gurley. Yeah, yeah. speaking yeah. of Tyreek Hill in week one, I want to jump back to the Chiefs really quick because you said it was like a. It was very possible that he didn't get suspended at all. Did some sort of news come out that I missed? Or well, they haven't. Out? They haven't come out with it's any notice. sort of ruling. And then okay. they did okay. release the full audio footage. The full audio, not footage. Tape. <laughs> full audio recording, tape, what have you. And although I listened to it, and it didn't 
seemed to me that he was cleared of anything. Because, I mean, he still pled guilty in 2014 for, you know, domestic abuse. And uh, uh, basically, I guess in the context is that she phased the question, or that uh, he called her a liar, that uh, she falsely accused him of uh, battery uh, back in that 2014 incident. And she didn't clearly deny that in the audio tape. But he also didn't deny beating his son. And then he also still had the recording of him saying that you should be afraid of me too, bitch. Yeah. Well, I think the, the one <laughs> of the biggest parts of that was he was calling her a liar and telling her, her that she was accusing him of all these false things while he didn't realize he was being recorded. But she knew that she was recording him. Yeah. I think that was more of the bigger point was if he didn't know he was being recorded, I think... I think people assume he would have been more candid about but also like beating people. Domestic abusers are like, yeah, fucking tore your face up, bitch. I'm gonna do it again. That's not how they act. So I don't know. It's a tricky situation. The NFL is gonna do what they do. Who knows what the fuck Roger Goodell is gonna do he's because he's been definitely gonna be suspended for at least four games. Probably. It's, it's just a PR thing. It's, it's two to four. But in any case, if, if he's he suspended four games, like, fuck it, four games, fine, and then you get him yeah. right back, and then he just dominates the rest of the season. Regardless, Tyreek like Hill's ADP is going to shoot up mm-hmm. unless he gets a crazy eight-game suspension. It's, All right, let's assume it's four games, because I think that's the most likely. I think upside, obviously, best-case scenario is zero. Uh, realistic range, I think, is two to four. Uh, but let's say it's four. Where do you take him? Uh, I would take Tyreek Hill uh, second or third round, for sure. Like, I can sit on four games because that's just going to be dominance for the rest of the season. I would say third round as well. Yeah. I mean, he had f- almost 1,500 yards <laughs> and 12 touchdowns last year. It's like one of the greatest slot receivers. You know, and then 130, or 137 targets, 87 receptions. And the production is going to be there. Yeah. He's the, he's the guy. So it's it's insane. So let's move on. We're well, done with the Raiders, obviously. Yeah, because we moved to Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, wait. So for, continu- for, for continuity's sake, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. so we're, go around. Uh, wh- what do you think their ending end of season record is going to be, and where do you think they're going to finish in their division? Six and ten last place. Uh, ooh, five and eleven last place. Uh, three and thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would say five and eleven. Third place. I mean, Denver's going to do more than <laughs> I do. Oh, we'll wow. get into that. Goddamn. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 there's, like, there's some hope with the Raiders with these, like, little, like, crazy things. <laughs> I was looking at the Broncos today, and I was just like, just like Jesus, fuck. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Bobby, kick things off with the Chargers, bud. Well, I was uh, I was really high on the Chargers, right, up until about a week ago, right? They have, and this has been the case with the Chargers for, like, years now. It's really, I mean, ever since Melvin Gordon got there, really, they've had all the pieces to be uh, a playoff, you know, a, a contending team. Um, but their ownership's terrible. Like, there's just something wrong in the office with the Chargers. It's one of those teams, like... You know, the Redskins or something, where it's just like, these guys don't know what the fuck they're doing. They just happen to have a lot of good talent on their roster. Spanos is a bitch. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Rivers is a pretty good quarterback. Um, I mean, he's really good, but, like, he just can't win in the postseason. Um, it's been the case for a while. 
Uh, I obviously Keenan Allen is one of the greatest receivers in the league right now. Um, I really like Mike Williams too, and Melvin Gordon is an elite running back. But if he doesn't, if something happens with this contract, Melvin Gordon, I just can't see them putting having the production, the yardage to you know compete and get to the to outdo the Chiefs. Basically, the Chiefs are just way too high powered. They're running, putting up too many points for them to be able to topple them in this division. I don't think that... I'm not so worried about that contract situation. I don't think that he has the same sort of like leverage that Le'Veon had. That's, nobody's sitting there telling Melvin Gordon, like, yeah, sit out this season, it'll do you good. Well, his agent is, obviously. Yeah. Well, I think that Le'Veon Bell set a precedent, <laughs> and, and Zeke is following... Zeke's doing this too now. That These guys might not... Is there news on that? Well, I want to jump into something, because I read something interesting that I didn't know. Um, so there's a difference here in situations... So because Melvin Gordon is on the fifth-year option of his contract, he wasn't franchise tagged, mm -hmm. he can be fined every week for not playing up to $40,000. So not so on top of losing the money that he would be making if he were playing, he's going to be fined on top of that, yeah, which is insane. Uh, is that up to $40,000 a game? Yes. Okay, that's nothing compared to like the deal that he could get if he restructures his contract. Yeah, but though. if you if you do the realization, Le'Veon Bell lost out on fourteen and a half million dollars and still got paid by the Jets this year. He could have played still, made that fourteen and a half million dollars, and still got paid by the Jets. Well, the issue what if he got is hurt? this yeah, year because the issue is getting hurt. That's the whole thing is they want these guarantees in the long term contracts because. Is running back. Yeah, as a running back, it's such a high probability of getting hurt. And the teams are like, you have a running back. There's such a high probability of getting hurt. We don't want to give you a long-term contract. And that's where that's the whole thing with these with these running backs. Is It's like, uh, yeah, they're good enough. They probably deserve the money. But then if you look at the Super Bowl winning rosters, none of them pay the running backs that much money. So yeah. it's, that's why I'm nervous about the Chargers because this is a real sticky situation. I would be... Uh, you know, I like their defense a lot more than Kansas City's defense. Um, I think that their schedule is, uh, you know, comparable, uh, but they have to play basically the same I opponents. Think but I just, you know, without that like superpower superstar that is Melvin Gordon on their team, I think that you know they're going to regress more than the Chiefs did. I think they're I think they're going to get it sorted out. I think Philip Rivers knows he's in like you know his last window here, and if they don't figure the shit out with Melvin Gordon, he might just burn that front office <laughs> down to the ground. <laughs> he's Sell like, one of his like, eight no, children. It's time to for pay my goddamn Super Bowl. You guys pay this man, get it figured out. And I think that once they do, that they're well, we don't have to get in a prediction. I'm going to say that they're winning the division. And Rivers is still what he's commuting from San Diego to work every day yeah. isn't that a thing yeah. like yeah. that's got to eat away like he may have thought he had it you know under control for these, what is it two years now they've been in LA but like that's got to be no, have you heard what he does he has a driver who drives him in like like a fucking big oh, like SUV and he center. sits in the back and he watches tape <laughs> yeah. the entire hour and a half drive home yeah. and he just studies tape and does like quarterback homework like the hour and a half there and the hour and a half back I mean, like, that sounds awesome, driving along the California Golden Coast, just watching football <laughs> stuff, yeah. but, you know, he's a family man, he's probably, it's eaten away Rivers at Rivers is I don't feel like a it. true professional. Crybaby Rivers mm -hmm. is a true professional. But, alright, so who, who, who are uh, players that we like on this team, fantasy-wise? I mean, I, 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 I like Melvin Gordon, I'm kind of with Tyler, where I don't think that he's going to hold out. Like, nobody is going to pay Melvin Gordon 
$12 million a year. So here's the question. In his current ADP, which is in the first round of the draft, if we have no news on new contracts going into week three of preseason, where does his ADP drop to? If he's so held out now? up until then? Yes. If he's held out, I would probably avoid drafting him at that point. Just because, you know, like, you can't win your fantasy league in the first round, but you can lose it. And, you know, I just... on Bell uh, fans out there. Just, you know, just after oh, the yeah. Le'Veon Bell thing, like, I just don't want to have to deal with that anxiety. I get, like, stomach ulcers. I don't want to be up at night. Um, but I, I, but I honestly don't necessarily believe it's going to happen. And I think Melvin Gordon is going to have another great year. Um... Because I think this is one of the most complete offenses in the AFC. Like rosters. It's yeah. the most complete roster. Yeah. Oh, I would agree. Last year, mm-hmm. they finished sixth in points scored on offense and eighth in points allowed yeah. on defense. So, like, that's why I like them over the Chiefs. 100%. Is, like, they're so much more steady. Like, nothing fantastical had to happen last season for them to get to 12-4. and four. Like, the Chiefs had all of this nonsense yeah. going on. <laughs> Just, like, so many things... That we're like, I think it's you know, jaw dropping. Normalized nonsense yeah. for the Chiefs, though. At this point, it is, point. Well, we'll it see. is like somewhat we'll normalized, but I don't think it's normalized <laughs> in a good way. I think people just expect these sort of like fireworks from them every week. The no look passes, like the no look passes, yeah. that pass against that fifty yard bomb against <laughs> the Ravens. Yeah, like just like truly some nonsense. And the the Chargers like did, did it the honest way. You know, they just like grounded out. They like won big games. Their 12 and 4 record didn't rely on Philip Rivers throwing for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. He, for, he threw for 4,000 yards and 32 touchdowns. Does every just, year. Yeah, and that's does kind of what year. he does every year. <laughs> that could be so expected. Good. He didn't but he didn't have to light the world on fire yeah. to get that 12 and 4 record, right? Like Keenan Allen had a 11 like almost 1200 yards, right? That's good. That's a good wide receiver one. But it wasn't like this statistical anomaly. It wasn't like, oh my God, like Keenan Allen had a career year and now the Chargers are going to the playoffs, right? Everybody did generally what they do on this team last year. And that's, that's honestly the reason why I agree with you. And I think that they are going to win the division because, you know, the responsibility and the burden is kind of spread out so much amongst the entire team that... Say Philip Rivers has a little bit of a down year, Keenan Allen gets hurt, or one of those things. Mm -hmm. You know, you have so many other guys playing at a Mm -hmm. high level that I think it's going to be able to shoulder that extra bit of burden, especially with like Hunter Henry coming back this year, right? Yeah. They they lost Tyrell Williams, but, you know, that's 65 targets that can now go to Hunter Henry, you know, plus. plus, It's going to go to Mike Williams, sir. (laughs) Yeah, we talked about this on our last episode. Last episode. They're going to Mike Williams. I don't think they're going the, to the, the superior I think player. A good amount of them are. But yeah, Hunter Henry's going to get his share. I think Hunter Henry's going to be second in targets. So last year, actually, Melvin Gordon was <laughs> best. second in targets, followed by Mike Williams at third. Well, they tied for second with 66 targets. Fourth was or fourth was Tyra, uh, Tyrell Williams with 65, and then Austin Eckler with 53. So it's actually it was actually kind of surprising to me how much they target the running backs. Um, in that offense, I would have expected them to target the wide receivers more. Okay. But, but I guess yeah, Hunter Henry's out, so I think I think that will actually take some away from Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, and obviously, yeah, I think Mike Williams, sixty-six targets. I think it's definitely going to go up to eighty plus at yes, least absolutely. next year, especially with you know they're going to have so many red zone threats this year. It's going to be they're going to be so good. Eighty. If he gets 80 receptions, that's, like, not that much. That's 14 
reception. That's 14 more receptions across, like, the whole season. I know. I'm saying, like, that's not even or a 14 lot. more targets, which is, like, it's like one 10, or 11, 10 yeah. or 11 catches. He had about half the target share that Keenan Allen did, and he was second on the team. I think they're so, going to have to throw it a lot, though. Like, looking again at the schedule, like, playing against their team and the NFC North. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole NFC North is, you know, kind of scary. They get, like, they get Green Bay in Los Angeles, which is nice. Yeah. But they have to play in Chicago. But Aaron Rodgers can come in and put up a total that needs to be matched in any stadium, you know, in the country. That's true. That's like, true. the Bears, they can put up. I mean, their defense is gonna. Well, they ranked disgusting. they ranked ninth in offense last year too. Like, yeah, they don't hear a lot game. about that, but that they were good on it's offense. Insane. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, they're definitely you know kind of a dark horse. Um, all, I mean, all of them, even the the Vikings, like Stafford, who knows what they're going to be like this year with this you know new coaching offensive scheme, and then um, was the Vikings like Kirk Cousins might finally get his shit together. I think the <laughs> I think I think the the Vikings are definitely going to get it together, and they're actually going to be a team that's worth talking about this year so you were saying they're gonna throw more so rivers threw or had uh 508 uh passing attempts you think that's gonna go up i think it could definitely depending on especially if if if, i mean there's a lot of moving parts here but like if melvin gordon uh doesn't see any amount of time maybe holds out until you know a couple weeks and and they realize or he realizes like oh they're winning games without me i guess i'll take a deal like having a crab tree when he tried to hold out against the 49ers right um, I think that this is definitely uh, its prime opportunity for him to increase his uh, throws. By and also, that. last year, he kind of threw on the low end. If you look at his previous year's numbers, he's usually throwing in the high 500s, and his highest being back in, uh, what was that, 2015? He threw for 661, like, he had 661 throws. So that number could drastically go up by about, you know, 50-plus which are great target shares that can go to, you know, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, who Hunter I think Henry. Hunter Henry, who I think is going to be the main beneficiary to those secondary shares, Mike Williams. But obviously Keenan Allen is going to get his one twenty plus targets. Yeah, they did finish twenty fourth in passing attempts this year, which was kind of surprising to me, having a quarterback like Phillip Rivers and an offense that you think is very like wide receiver friendly. I, I thought it was much higher than that but you're right I think there is room for a lot more attempts so if Melvin Gordon you know is kind of an unknown commodity at the beginning of this season you know are you guys bumping up Austin Eckler in your draft rankings at I mean all? I think you have to bit. yeah I'm not by a crazy amount but that's definitely someone like if I was pegged with the option not knowing what Melvin Gordon was going to do, and I'm drafting week three of preseason or after week three of preseason. Uh, I'm not going to be targeting Melvin Gordon, but I will target Austin Eckler uh, probably in those later rounds, like nine, uh, eight or nine. I don't think Eckler goes up that much for me. I did a post on him a while back, and his numbers didn't really change that much when Melvin Gordon was out because they have Justin Jackson. He's actually a more similar back to Melvin Gordon. He's more of, like, the power runner to go up the middle. So Austin Eckler kind of retained. Like, he got more touches for sure when Melvin Gordon was out, but he kind of split them with Justin Jackson, and he still kind of stayed in that change of pace, pass-catching type I mean, role. we're also talking about someone that took a huge increase from his first year to his second year and might see a bigger bump going into his third year if Melvin Gordon sits. Maybe. Also... Last year, didn't Austin Eckler kind of have 
a, a decent amount of red zone carries, couldn't that also increase if then they're relying on a guy like Justin Jackson, who's not quite as prolific as Melvin Gordon when it's not they get close. set to 20? You know how much worse Justin Jackson is than Melvin Gordon. Too. Yeah, I mean, and, well, and that's what I'm saying. Couldn't Austin Eckler see an uptick? You know, maybe he doesn't get a lot more carries, but could he? Could the carries that he does receive be more valuable? You know, inside the 20 yard line. Maybe I don't know. Like Justin Jackson, he averaged 4.1 yards per attempt, which is a full yard less than Melvin Gordon and a yard less than Austin Eckler, but. He also, I mean, he only had half the attempts of Austin Eckler, and... How many games did he start? Was it just, like, was it three, or... I believe it was two? three. He only st- started Are you one. talking about Eckler or Jackson? Jackson. Jackson started Jackson. one How long was... It was only one game, He yeah. only started one game. Okay, yeah. so it was the he game before played, that that Gordon went out? Yeah, okay. yeah, he played the whole time that Gordon was out, but I think Eckler was just considered the starter. Right. Like three of the four games, and I... Like, that's kind of arbitrary in situations like the committee, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just whoever's on the field for the first play. Yeah. Oh, who did they do that with? I think it was Josh Gordon in Cleveland. He had some sort of, like, disciplinary action. And they were like, all right, we're not going to start you as punishment. And he literally set up the first play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he played the whole game. I remember it was, like, week one, like, two years ago. Like, you didn't get credited to start. <laughs> and then they asked Hugh Jackson afterwards. They're like, I thought he wasn't going to start. He was just like, What? And, then, was, and that's why, and that's why fucking Todd Haley got fired. Yeah. <laughs> Which probably is a decent punishment, actually. Like, there's probably sorts of bonuses and stuff built into their contract, where like if you don't start all 16 games, like probably yeah, lost yeah, like five sure. grand. Or probably. Something. He's probably no, no. looking at his like Wikipedia page. And um, like, quick, fun thing that I want to speculate on really quick before we move on to the Denver Broncos: if they do decide to trade Melvin Gordon, who do you think would be buyers? God, this isn't going to happen. Who's Melvin Gordon getting traded to? Like, who the would Bucks? buy Melvin Gordon right now? The Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers, absolutely. Yeah, that's the most exciting. Uh, I think Philly could be buyers. Really? They just drafted Miles no. Sanders. They have Jordan Howard. There's no fucking way. Fuck Jordan Howard. <laughs> Jordan Howard is a sick The Dolphins. The, the Dolphins. Texans. Ooh, the, the Texans. Texans. That's a contender. Te- that would make that team disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Their Te- offensive line is still kind of disgusting. All right. So stay that, tuned but... on Melvin Gordon, everybody, because this might be a very exciting preseason with that. All right. So to wrap up the Chargers, uh, Bobby, how do you think they're going to finish uh, record-wise, <laughs> and what do you think they're going to finish in their division? Uh, I think Buffalo. they're also going to do 12-4, and four, same record as the Chiefs, but I think the Chiefs win both of their games, so they beat them on breakers. Interesting, okay. I'm going with a uh, 10-6 record. Uh, I think they are going to be a definite wild card team in the AFC and uh, could make a big splash in the postseason, but I do see them finishing second to the Chiefs. Oh, me? Uh, Chargers are 12-4. Uh, first place in the division beat the the Chiefs by one. I'm going 11 and five. I think I put the Chiefs 11 and five, but I can't remember. Um, if I did put the Chiefs 11 and five, then I think that they win the tiebreakers. If I did not put the Chiefs 11 and five, then I think they win uh, by games. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the uh, that's my expert analysis on that. But I do think the Chargers uh, edge out the Chiefs this year just because they're a little bit more of a complete Blowing team. Okay, so Denver Broncos. So I'm going to start in the Denver Broncos because I have some hot takes that are going to uh, light Tyler on fire. Can't wait. Um, I think they suck. No. <laughs> He's not much of a homer as, you know, the rest of us are. Yeah, so yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> really, really the big thing for me is I'm not particularly excited about anything that the Broncos are doing, except possibly their defense. Um, you know, they hired head coach Vic 
Fangio, who, um, you know, I've thought of as my second father for a really long time. <laughs> uh, their defensive coordinator, Ed Dontel, um, is, uh, he was the DB's coach for Chicago, and the, you know, secondary in Chicago was one of the best secondaries in the league last year. So I think that their defense is you know, they already have a lot of good players, and I think that the coaching staff is really going to put them over the top. Um, but, you know, that's not really the issue with this team. They finished 13th in, you know, defense last year, which isn't too bad, but they finished 24th in offense, and I don't really think that Joe Flacco is much of a, an improvement over Case Keenum. And then we had, not at this Wait, point Super in his Bowl, career. Super Bowl winning Joe Flacco? Uh, uh, NFC elite Super Bowl ch- champion, <laughs> or, and I don't know whatever Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Super Bowl MVP fucking Eli Manning. Um, are Manuel both better Sam- than Case Keenum? Ama- yeah, they are better than Case Keenum. <laughs> I don't know how much better they are at this point. Uh, you know, we had uh, Lamar Jackson starting over Joe Flacco last year, and I don't think that he. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, then he and then wasn't when, injured, and, and then, then when you Lamar know, Jackson was getting torched in the playoffs. People, all the Ravens fans were saying, "Put your flag on." Yep, he went and, and the coaches and the coaches looked at the Ravens fans the and said, "No, they just didn't want to." And they got a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't, didn't want to hurt his feelings. They didn't want to mess with Lamar Jackson's um, head, you know, going into this season. Which, but is, so as far as Keenum's concerned. He had almost 4,000 yards last year, 18 touchdowns. His interception rate was pretty bad. He had 15. But, I mean, if you pull down those interceptions, that's not too bad of a season. Um, I think it's pretty middle of the road. Uh, My issue more so is the receivers this year. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is hurt. Who knows when he's going to be back? He, Coming back with an Achilles. He messed. He he's he's not going to be on the pup list to start the season. That was news that came out this week. But you know, how long is it going to take for him to get back to full strength, or is he going to get back to full strength? Then it's Cortland Sutton, um, who didn't necessarily light the world on fire last year. He had a pretty standard rookie receiver. Yeah, a standard, not super impressive, but you know, you weren't super disappointed with it either. It was pretty normal. Um, and then who's that other receiver you've been? Deshaun Hamilton? Deshaun Hamilton. You've been singing his praises. Tell me about him. I like? A little bit. You're like, he's better than Cortland Sutton. No, I say, like, I'm afraid that he's better than Cortland Sutton. I don't actually know if he's better than Cortland Sutton. Say something with conviction, Tyler. (laughs) Convictions are overrated. He's the football agnostic, man. He doesn't take (laughs) strong stances. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, I like Deshaun Hamilton a lot, and I think they both have... The problem is, and the reason it upsets me, is because I have them both on my dynasty team. Because I feel like I have to. Because I have no idea how it's going to shake out. Like, I think they both have the potential to take over the number one role there. Okay. So, uh, Deshaun Hamilton is going to be good because Tyler's indecisive. <laughs> uh, that's the expert analysis we're providing here. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, I mean, draft him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, draft him and reap the rewards of my uh, inability to commit. You know, and then the, the, the running backs... I, I think that the running back core is better than the receiving core, but you know I don't think that they're going to be enough to carry this team. Um, Philip Lizzie coming back from wrist injury, it sounds like he's going to be ready for the start of the season, um, but there's been a lot of talk about him splitting more time with Royce Freeman. Yeah. You know, Maybe they're trying to slow the game down a little bit and oh, keep the defense on the field a little bit more. Uh, prevent Joe Flacco from throwing a 90-yard bomb to uh, safety in the backfield. Um, 
you know. But the 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 rushing might be better, but it's not particularly exciting for me from a fantasy perspective because we're going to have that big split. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you guys think? They're not going to be a fun team to watch. But I think they're going to be a better football team than you're giving them credit for. And I think that you're being a little hard on uh, Old Man Joe. <laughs> old Man Joe? A better quarterback than you're giving him credit for. He's dealt with a lot of injuries and like not, not a very good supporting cast in Baltimore. Like Baltimore just is completely unable to draft a wide receiver. It's weird how bad they are at drafting wide receivers in yeah. Baltimore. Um, so he just he hasn't had a strong supporting cast. I think that he's still like a very cerebral quarterback. Like he still understands the game, even if he's not. You know, even if he's starting to trail off, you know, in the in the physicals department. But he's nowhere near like somebody like where Peyton Manning was. You know, towards the end of his time with the no, his arm's not falling off. Exactly. So there's nothing. You know, there's no stem cells in his neck or anything. <laughs> now, with I, that said, oh, I'm sorry, you had more. No, go. Oh, uh, with that said, Oakland have the hardest strength of schedule this year. Denver has the second hardest. You know why they're the second hardest? Because they're better than the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> they are better than the Raiders. Which is why the Raiders are finishing last. But I think that the strength of the Denver Broncos is going to be their defense, especially with head coach Vic Fangio. And it, these games are going to be very tightly scoring games. And as far as fantasy relevance in these players... I only really like Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. I think out of this group, uh, especially with the wide receivers, I'm not targeting Emmanuel Sanders whatsoever. Uh, Cortland Sutton could make a big splash. I am not high on him whatsoever. I don't know anything about Deshaun Hamilton, so I have no idea. But uh, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman seem like the safest bets. Maybe Noah Font. Mm. I, we don't know. I think Noah Font's actually going to be really good with Joe Flacco. Yeah. He loves some tight end. Remember Dennis Pitta? Yes, oh. Dennis Pitta. Remember Dennis Pitta? <laughs> yeah, I was sure to think about that. That uh, <laughs> I meant Dennis Pitta. <laughs> like, he does like tight ends, but if you look at it, uh, and I guess, was Pitta's, like, what was his best season? Does anyone? I, I mean, I not off the top of he my did, head. He did well. He was, like, an above-average starting tight end for, like, Two or three years until his hip started falling off. Okay, yeah, but it's like, like, like slightly above average. He's so not like Tony top five. No, right? I don't think he was like top five. Just like he was, up there. Start, he was like maybe uh, six, or six or seven. Right the point I'm trying to make is um, that he likes to spread the ball to tight ends, but it's it's never really a specific guy. It's just like who's the tight end you know out there right now. Sure, so sure, if Fant's sure. you know the only receiving tight end, I think he'll benefit from that. But. Uh, I was just reading about how it's going to be like a target share, kind of, or a split. Just in the tight end, like a yeah. tight end by committee? Like, he'll give a lot of balls to, he'll throw a lot of balls to tight ends, but it's, I don't know if you can uh, find fantasy relevance there. Sure. Well, I don't think anybody's going to be really fantasy relevant. I, I'd agree. And also, like, you know, we're talking about Noah Font, but, it like, it's so, so rare for a rookie tight end to make any fantasy impact in the league. It mm-hmm. usually takes, you know three to five years before yeah. you know, they start I mean, paying dividends. Right, unless you're George Kittle. I think about... Unless you're George... I mean, there are rare instances, yeah. George Kittle, but Rob Gronkowski, but like, <laughs> but are you projecting Noah Font to be George Kittle or Rob Gronkowski? No. Those are like... Julius one, like, Thomas? Former uh, Broncos That player. wasn't Julius Thomas's rookie year when he broke out, though. He had been playing in the league. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He had, he, he, he had like gotten injured and he wasn't around very much, um, but it was not his rookie year when he broke out. Um... My, I think my biggest issue with this team is, you know, we were just saying that the running backs are kind of the most valuable players. Philip Lindsay, to me, his ADP is just way too high for what Super I'm high. willing to pay for him, especially with this. 
I think that was on the episode we lost that I talked about Royce Freeman. That yeah. was the training camp hot take. You guys missed a great episode. Corey talked about how he didn't know what raw dogging meant. It was cool. Um, but yeah, he's he's just going way too high. I mean, Royce Freeman is kind of a good value, but... Royce, actually, the receiver is... Huh? Yeah, I was going to say, the receivers are actually a good value, too, even if we're questioning how good they're going to be. So it's Lindsay's fourth round, late fourth round. Royce is mid-eighth, which is really good value. I think that's, I think that's a fine value. But the yes. receivers, Cortland Sutton, you can get at the beginning of the tenth round. Emmanuel, and I'm not drafting Emmanuel Sanders either, but you can, he can, you can get him in the early eleventh. But Deshaun Hamilton, late thirteenth round. I think... That's actually some crazy good value in terms of upside. I don't know if he's going to pan out, but he's a late, he's a flyer that yeah. might just take over a number one role. Deep and I, uh, I think they're good mid upside flyers. Yeah, one other thing I want to talk about with the whole offense is their offensive line. Um, did we cover this? Did anyone talk about Mike Munchak getting moved to the Broncos? No, yet? we didn't. Right. Uh, well, That's this a good point, is though. yeah Hall of Famer Mike Munchak who has really I think uh, inflated what Ben Roethlisberger is um, for a long time uh, with. The best offensive line, probably. I don't know, maybe the Cowboys in this decade. Sure. Um, I think that you know the Cow or the Broncos were ranked like 24th overall in offensive line last year, and I think that's going to shoot up this year. Um, I think Philip Lindsay or the running game is going to see a lot of benefit from this. I don't know if that's going to be Philip Lindsay or Royce Freeman, but I think both of those guys. I'm kind of excited of about, especially if they are going to be falling. Okay, well, so to wrap up the Denver Broncos, uh, Tyler, what do you think they're going to finish with record-wise, and where do you think they're going to finish in their division? I would give them like a 7-9. and nine. Er, uh, It's hard. 7-9, and nine, yeah. I want them to make... I want them to... I want to give them a wild card, but I can't. Uh, with, the, with the NFC North? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, 7-9. and nine. Yeah. Uh, 6-10, and ten, uh, third best in the division. I'm going to say 8-8. Eight and eight. I think they uh, yeah, managed to break 500 or get to 500, but nothing more than that. 4 and 12. They're trash. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's my expert consensus. Um, yeah, I think they're going to finish uh, last in the league. I just think that Oakland has a couple of guys who could just How pop funny off. Funny would that be if they uh, nabbed Drew Lock last year and then pick up Tua? <laughs> they just tanked this season. Oh, that would be good. Okay, Tua. if Tua was on their team, I would be. Much more exciting. LA pulls a time. <laughs> All right, so that's it uh, for the Laces Out Fantasy uh, Football podcast today. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Laces Out Fantasy Football. Um, that's yeah, it. That's it. Have, Have a, a good, good night, night, guys. Jabronis.